Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And we do want to welcome you to today's program of Calvary Live, the program where you, the listener, get to call in and and ask the question. Maybe your Bible reading, you uh, have uh, a question concerning the scriptures that you've been looking at, or maybe you got a question about Christian living. You just heard the number to call is 303-690-3000. I'm your host, Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and always a privilege and a blessing to be with you uh, on Calvary Live. And this really is your uh, program, The Listener. Without you, there is no Calvary Live, so grab one of those open lines and give me a call at 303-690-3000. Let's go to the Word of God and get some clarity and understanding concerning your Bible questions. Let's go to the Word of God concerning Christian living. And uh, let's go to the Lord with your prayer requests. This is also a program uh, to be able to take your prayer requests, and all the listeners will join in as we go to the throne of God together and to receive mercy and grace in our time of need, as Hebrews chapter 4 tells us that he is our compassionate high priest. 303-690-3000. Give me a call uh, if you're out and about in, in traffic, if you're out and about um, perhaps uh, picking up kids at school or at soccer practice, uh, whatever the case may be, is you can call in safely, uh, please give me a call at 303-690-3000. There's another means for you to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request, and that is through a text line, and that is the number for texting only, 720-336-0897. So we want to welcome all of you listening along the Front Range in Colorado up into southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome. And also we welcome all our listeners on the East Coast, uh, listening to Hope FM and Truth FM. We uh, will welcome you to call in and ask that you do. And give us a call to ask your questions. That number will work at 303-690-3000. Well, we know this is a very special week for us as Christians. This is what the church calls Holy Week. It started on Sunday with Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, his final week of his ministry before he goes to the cross. And we know that um, that in his triumphal entry that the crowds were crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, as they were ascribing to him the title of Messiah. And we were looking at that this last Sunday in our services on Sunday morning, so much to consider. But one of the things uh, that we talked about, because we've gone over the triumphal entry before, uh, is um, that uh, that little cult that Jesus wrote on lifted Jesus up as he made his way from the Mount of Olives into the city of Jerusalem. 
And that's what the Lord desires to do. He, he would tell his disciples that go get that colt, and if the master asks or the owner of the, uh, the little colt asks, why are you loosing him? You tell them that the master has need of him. And the master, our Lord, has need of us to lift Jesus up. So it was a wonderful study and encouragement. And uh, this week, I want to once again just encourage you to invite somebody out to Resurrection Weekend services. Many of the churches uh, in your community have added extra services. And uh, it's a time of the year where um, there uh, is going to uh, be those who are wondering about the resurrection or the crucifixion. They're more open to coming to Resurrection Weekend services than any time of the year. So this is a great opportunity for you to be able to invite somebody out uh, to hear the message that Jesus is alive, the tomb is empty, and as Peter would write in his epistle, that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's a wonderful time of the year. We've added services. We have our Wednesday night service tomorrow. We're going to be looking at John's narrative uh, as Jesus washed the disciples' feet. There's so much to consider there as he desires for us. Uh, keep in mind that when they went into that upper room, that the disciples are arguing who's going to be the greatest and uh, Jesus would show them uh, and teach them that being great means that you're going to be a servant. And then on Friday at noon, we have a Good Friday service, and then four Resurrection Weekend services, Saturday at 6 o'clock, and then three on Sunday, April the 1st, Resurrection Sunday at 8, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock. Looking so forward to it, and uh, just... Uh, looking forward to to those who are going to come as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So again, you Christian that is listening, please invite somebody out. Pray about who you might invite, uh, and uh, I know God wants the work. Well, 303-690-3000, we do have an open line, but let's go to Dennis in Longmont. Dennis? Hello. Hello, Pastor. How you doing? Good, Dennis. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate this. Absolutely. I got a question. When I when I witness to people, I can't really get my hands around this. It's like, you know, majority of us are born into the faith. You know, it's like where we were geographic, where we were born, our family history plays probably a bigger part for most of us than anything else. Now, obviously, in the United States, maybe we're Catholic and we got converted Protestant, Protestant and but the dogma of faith is pretty much understood from the beginning. I always have a hard time with, with people who never heard about it. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and I'm sure you've heard this question many times, but, you know, if you've been in Tibet on top of a mountain 300 years ago or in the deepest part of the Amazon hundreds of years ago, and I know they all believe in a higher force, or, but that force isn't Jesus or Father God. It could be whatever. I have a hard time. It's almost in my feeble mind. I feel like Jesus or God, Father God predestined these guys to be, um, you know, damnation because they never heard of the word. Because I thought, I know the Bible says you have to have a living, you have to have a relationship with our King Jesus. And you have to believe he he died. You know, you have to believe in Jesus. So I don't really understand. I, I just don't get this part of if people never really heard of the word, how are they saved? I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and there we do get asked this question. People, you know, will ask, um, "How is it that you know what's going to happen to those who'd never heard the gospel before?" Um, and you said something that kind of caught my 
attention. You said that those who are predestined, perhaps, is kind of how you're thinking, or maybe is that a conclusion that we can come to? I don't come to that conclusion, because I know Peter, that he wrote at the end of his life, he said that it's not God's will that any should perish, but come um, to repentance. That's in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Uh, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some can't slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that, that any should perish. But we know that there is choice, and there are going to be those who are going to reject the Lord. Now, when it comes back to those who have not heard of Jesus or the gospel message, we know that God is going to be just. Paul talks about it in Romans chapter one that the um, you know they're they're without excuse as we we look at the script at the universe around us that it testifies to us that there is a Creator, right? And he says the invisible attributes that are evident um, that um, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Uh, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So we know that not anyone who will go and stand before the Lord is going to say, this isn't fair, or you're not just. He is perfectly just. He is perfectly fair. He's the only one that can judge rightly. So that's where we leave it, you know, Dennis. We got to leave it in his hands. And that's why it's important that we do give the gospel and how that all is sorted out. I'm very thankful that I don't have to make that determination. And, you know, I used to kind of wrestle with that, like what you are, Dennis, to kind of your degree. And, and you do wonder about that, but I just rest in the fact that God is perfectly just, that it's not his will that any should perish, that he desires for all to come. And we know that Jesus, you remember that he wept over Jerusalem. Uh, we, were, we were talking about this in the triumphal entry, that he wept over Jerusalem uh, saying, oh, how I long for you to come, but you were not willing. And now your city is left to you desolate. So he weeps over those who reject him, but he will be perfectly fair and perfectly just. Now, the other thing, Dennis, about your question um, is uh, um, there's a lot of people today, more and more, that give no thought to God. We live in a culture and a society. It used to be, at least in our culture, our our nation, most people went to church. Most people um, heard the gospel, but that isn't the case anymore. And that's why it's very important that we are witnesses, that we give the gospel, that we stand firmly on the gospel so people can hear it. So I don't know if that helps, Dennis. Yeah, you know, Pastor, it really does. I mean, you know, his ways aren't our ways. In our feeble mind, we just don't get it. And, you know, we have to just leave it, leave it, there, leave it as. But, you know, you know, when you, when I was listening, Pastor, I was thinking what you were saying about how most people don't, Jesus isn't in, you know, they don't go to church. And I call it the remote control Jesus. It's like, yeah, when, you know, <laughs> when we're down, when we need Jesus, you know, we'll, we'll pray to him, we'll talk to him, and we'll put him aside like a remote control. You know, when I want to watch TV, I'll use it. And, Unfortunately, this is what our society is, the remote control Jesus, you know? Just when, you know, it's like yeah. nobody has a relationship with, with God no more, and it's, it's I, I go back, I try to talk to people, it's like in Genesis with, with Noah, where um, people are making fun of him, they're making fun of us, you know, having a good time, but when that first raindrop hit, they all start, help, 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 and that's how, that's what breaks my heart, Pastor. We know what's next, and these people, they want to make fun at us, 
look at us different. They want to have a good time. But one day, we're all going to be standing in front of the Lord naked. He's going to see right through us. He's going to know everything. Yeah. And it breaks my heart, Pastor. People are, you know what? It's going to be yeah. too late. <laughs> right, Dennis. And I think the key, you're saying it, Dennis, is, you know, we can look at that and we can feel the frustration of those who don't want to hear the gospel, those who want anything to do with Jesus or whatever, but it should break our hearts. And and what I always say to our congregation is we need to have a heart and compassion for the loss, and we need to be praying. I, I'm praying for a mighty revival. I really am. I, I, I believe that the Lord is coming soon. We don't know the day or the hour, and I believe he wants to save this community that I'm in. He wants to save our state. He wants to save our nation, and um, you know, and we can get frustrated because um, people don't respond perhaps like we want or think they should. But we keep praying, we keep sharing, and we lift Jesus up. And even as Paul would say uh, to Timothy, some of the last words of Paul, he said that in the end times it will be the last days, perilous times. Evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse. But Timothy you must continue in the scriptures. And even as we're in the book of Isaiah on uh, Wednesday nights, that the next chapter we're going to go into after uh, this week is that um, here is Isaiah addressing their sin and their drunkenness, and they were making fun of him, uh, you know, the way that he taught line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little. But the thing is that Isaiah wept for them, and he was also, as Jeremiah to the weeping prophets, and that's what we are to do. So, Dennis, I appreciate your call. I appreciate your thoughts on that. You bet. You You have a great Resurrection Weekend, all right? Same to you, Pastor. Thank you again. God bless you. Okay, how this works, when somebody hangs up, there's an open line, so 303-690-3000. Let's go to um, line two. Is it Erie? Did Uh, I say that right? I am good. How are you? Is this Erie? Yes, sir. This is Mike and Erie. Sorry, uh, I'm. Uh, I noticed uh, I was breaking up a little bit when I was on hold. Well, you apologize. I, I um, no, you're good. I can hear you fine right now. Oh, okay. So my question is regarding prayer and you know the will of God versus you know what I ask for in prayer and um, you know Jesus modeled prayer with the Lord's prayer. You know, and it, it was basically tempted, uh, templated you know, as sort of, you know, praising God for what he's done for us, and then, you know, asking that our needs are met, and and uh, asking him to not, to protect us, you know, from the evil one, and that his will be done. And so, you know, I kind of wonder when it gets, when it, when, I don't want to say my prayer life is getting sort of dull, but it, it seems like it, well, okay. when I pray, I'll, can you hear me? Yeah, you just broke up for a minute. Go ahead. I'm sorry, but did you get that part about the Lord's Prayer and basically how, yeah. how that's templated? And, Ex- then, and, then, yeah. and then I was saying, you know, I sort of I sort of go through that, you know, I try to follow that template, you know, where I'm praising and asking His will be done, and then I, I feel I feel like it gets a little dull in the sense where, you know, when you're when you're having sort of a, you know, the first date maybe, or maybe you're at dinner with your <laughs> wife, and there's sort of that. Uh, that it's not an awkward silence. You just don't really say anything to each other because yeah. you don't really have anything to say. You're just kind of you're just kind of there, and you're happy yeah. to be. You don't really have anything to say, and then, and and yeah. so then when I pray, you know, that 
my children are kept safe throughout the day and things like that. But then that makes me think, well, you know, God's not really going to change his daily agenda, you know, or will he based on what I ask? I mean, can I change God's yeah. mind with prayer? Uh, well, you know, it's, yeah, it's you're, you're like asking, yeah. you're asking good questions, Ari, because people, people will wonder, should I pray if God has the sovereign will? What difference does it make? I know that yeah. Jesus said, Jesus said, ask, please ask that your joy may be full. So what I thought about that as you were talking, because our prayer life should really bring us joy. It shouldn't be dull. And I think that if you really sat down and with a journal or with something, that, that would help you out to just really think about what is it that I want to pray for, that it isn't just repetitious and routine, but... To, to say, Lord, okay, I have my children to pray for, but what about coworkers? What about your community? What about our nation? Uh, mm-hmm. What about, you know, the things that the Lord, as you begin to do that, he's going to begin to stir your heart, the supplications mm-hmm. and, and the intercession that we have, and to do it with thanksgiving. And and I think that mm-hmm. the the vitality of, of prayer is going to come back. And we mm-hmm. know that the, the prayer of a mature Christian, is you kind of touched on it, is that not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the conclusion is the Christians, well, I shouldn't really even pray, and it's kind of routine, and the Lord's not going to change anything during the day. Mm-hmm. Well, James comes along and says, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I, I do know this, that mm-hmm. prayer is to get in tune with God's heart. It is not to manipulate. It's not to you know um, to uh, you know name it and claim it and and mm-hmm. all of this. What it is is Lord mm-hmm. that you've told me to pray mm-hmm. and be persistent in prayer. And the, mm-hmm. the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And Lord, mm-hmm. here are my supplications. Here's my desires. Mm-hmm. Uh, here are my wants. Um, mm-hmm. But Lord, I know that ultimately that you're going to work and your promises are true. And yeah. as you look as you look, you know, a good study might be for you. Look at the prayers of the saints as you go through the scriptures. As you look at Nehemiah, as you look at Daniel, as you look at the prayer of Paul, the, uh, uh, those kinds of prayers, they're really incredible uh-huh. prayers and and uh-huh. full of depth and and um uh-huh. and so those are things that I think will help you in your prayer life. And uh-huh. Again, to say, Lord, prayer is the vehicle in which you work, and Lord, that I'm to come to you, and not mm-hmm. to pray amiss, but to pray mm-hmm. in faith. And mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes we pray and we think, "Oh, Lord, you're not answering." He, mm-hmm. he answers. Sometimes he says no. Um, yeah. Sometimes he says yeah. wait, and that's the, that's the hard part, <laughs> you yeah, know, right. for us, or just wait for me. So those are things that may help you in your your prayer yeah. life. Um, yeah. just, you know, I, one thing that I found and and my wife Sue and I were talking about this last night is, and she journals and she really, uh, writes down the things that the Lord has put on her heart as she's yeah. reading the word. And then, yeah. you know, what comes out of that is prayers. We pray for yeah. our kids as we pray for our ministry, as we yeah. pray for our family, as we pray for our community. Um, yeah. it's really quite amazing. And I think it, the joy of prayer and the excitement of prayer, and the privilege of prayer, uh, knowing that we can come into the Holy of Holies to the throne of grace in time of need to receive uh, mercy and grace, um, that that's going to begin to be stirred in your heart. Mm -hmm. 
Well, so how about this, you know, question? I, I find what I do get a lot of joy out of is, um, you know, I, when I sit down and try to think of, a, of an awesome prayer, it just really doesn't work. I mean, I just kind of sit there and I go, God, this is silly. Like, you know what's <laughs> in my heart. You know, and on right. and some level, you know, there's a peace in my heart, and I really don't feel the need to ask for anything. I mean, I've got a job, my family's taken care of, my children are healthy. I praise them for that, but I just don't really, you know, feel that I have a need. But what I do end up doing and what I do get joy from is, you know, turning on, you know, some good worship music and just sitting there sort of with my headphones on, right. with my eyes closed, just sort of. You know how yeah. when you go to pray, you establish a calm link, for lack of a better word? You know, you just kind of sit there, sure. and then you you feel the Holy Spirit, and you feel that you've got a calm link with God, and then you can sort of start going back and forth with the prayer. But why not just kind of sit there with the music and just sit there and enjoy the presence without necessarily asking or saying anything, just sort yeah. of praising and, Him? Is and, that, yeah, you know, that's, a, it, that's an important part of a of, you know, uh, of a Christian life is just to be thankful and to be yeah. in praise. I think that's a yeah. good thing to do. One of the things, too, that um, just to throw it out there that um, I do in, in, with my prayer life is that when I'm reading through the Word and all of a sudden something really speaks to me, I'll stop and pray, you know, because mm-hmm. it's really talking to God. I'll say, thank you, yeah. Lord, for that promise. Or, Lord, yeah. you know, that reminds me of something. And, um, yeah. you know, we don't have to just sit there and come up with the King James prayer, you know, right, um, right. It, it's, it's what's on our hearts, but it's speaking yeah. to God. And part of that is praise and prayer and giving thanks to him. So it's however the Lord leads you, um, that yeah. gives you joy. And, um, yeah. and, but I think that, um, that as you do, as you really think about, you know, there is this person at work or there is a neighbor that I really need to lift up. I'm just going to pray for them. Even being at the stoplight, sometimes I'll think of somebody when I'm in traffic, and I'll think, you know, I really need to just pray for them. It's really an attitude of the heart, or just yeah. praise Him, like you said, or take a yeah. walk. You know, it's yeah. it's springtime, yeah. right? And right. Um, to go out and just, you know, write down the things as I read the Word and, and write it down in a journal and those are all things that are very much of a blessing in our fellowship and relationship with the Lord. Uh, okay. Okay. Right. Hey, well, yeah, good that's, thoughts. That's helpful. Yeah. Hey, you bet. Thanks for calling right. in. Okay. You have a great you. resurrection weekend. All right. All right. You too. God bless. All right. God bless you, man. Let's go to Doug in Brighton. Doug. Yes, sir. How are I just, you? I just You're had on? a question. I had a friend. Uh, tell me about Epiphany Water, and I just so wanted to get your opinion on it. So what's Epiphany Water? Yeah, what is Epiphany Water? Have you ever <laughs> yeah. heard of it? Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. Really? But, you, you know, Doug, I'm not the sharpest knife in the cupboard either, so... <laughs> so. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. <laughs> so I'm sure... Somebody maybe call in and, and ask us about that, but I, to tell you the truth, I've I've never heard of it. Now I've heard of holy water, like in the well, Catholic now, Church. Now this 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 person kind of explained to me that it was, you know, what it was a Catholic deal, and uh-huh. uh, the priests got together, and this was just recently, and and 
so they prayed about this water and they handed it out to to the people you know i mean to the to the people in the in in the congregation that wanted it and uh it did amazing things i you know it was like here take this and pray for them my opinion is the prayer is you know all the praying for them is is what helped the people uh maybe this water did i don't know but i just wanted to to see if anybody had ever heard of it well, I think it's what we, we used to call, because I grew up in the Catholic Church, is uh, holy water, um, where it is you know, supposed to be sometimes sprinkled on people. Um, sometimes it is um, you know, sprinkled in houses to bless their house and things like that. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the priest would be washed with water. Maybe it's something similar to that. It has spiritual implications to it. Um, and uh, it's supposed to bring blessing, uh, and I don't give much weight to it. <laughs> well, yeah, know? that's. I mean, this person explained it to me like it was a step above holy water. Yeah. Well, then what? You know, what's the difference between holy water and epiphany water? I I don't know, but it's yeah. more okay. of a ritual. It's more of a tradition. Um, that's really all it is. And, yeah, and, um, and you know, and if and if they think it worked, and 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 you know their prayers were answered. Then, then, then it's then it's a thing. Then, but I, I you know, yeah, I think it was thing. just the it, prayers. But when somebody asks about that, you know, just a, here's just a little something I'll throw out to you, Doug. That you know, I would turn and say, you know, one of the things that the Lord says is that we're to be washed with the water of the Word, um, and try to encourage them to go to the Word of God, because sometimes people will turn to the rituals and things. You know how that is. And yeah. um, and I understand it. I get it, too. But I always like to turn things in. You know what the Bible says, um, that, uh, you know, that be washed with the water of the Word and, um, and try to turn it into that. That's the greatest blessing that there is. Yeah. And, um, and hopefully you can stir up a conversation or something with that. But oh, to me, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this person. You, I mean, it was it was a good conversation, you know. And yeah, and, yeah. and I know when I see him again, it'll 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 continue. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, so, so yeah. Thanks for asking. Good question. You always, right. you know, I always right, knew that there much. was. You bet. I always knew there was holy water, but epiphany water. Uh, well, that's a new one for me. So, all okay. right. Thanks, Doug. Hey, have a all great right, resurrection bless. weekend. Okay. You bet. All right. Bye. You you bet. Hey, um, 303-690-3000. Good questions coming in. Um, and uh, with interested in, in just continuing to uh, take your phone calls, we're getting ready to go to a break. And I know some of you are on hold. Just we'll get to your phone calls as soon as we can. I do want, uh, I got a prayer request. Frank was asking about that. Um and I do want to take just a minute to be able to pray uh, for uh, a widow, uh, Frank's wife, uh, uh, there at the studios. He's working the phones, um, ha- works down at the Refugee Center there in um, the Denver area. And uh, someone that she has a chance to minister to and talk to lost her husband. They have three small kids, one-year-old, two-year-old, and three-year-old. And I just uh, was... Um, just stirred in my heart when I heard that, and I just want to pray for her. And Father, we do pray. Is um, this is a show not only to talk about interesting topics and things, but Lord, I also want to pray for this this 
woman who's in Denver who lost her husband, and she has three small kids. Uh, and uh, I pray that Frank's wife would be able to minister to her, be able to bring words of comfort to her, but Lord, that you would make yourself real to her. And um, I thank you for Frank's wife being there and that she in the days ahead would be able to be used of you. Um, Lord, I just pray for her. And there are those out there right now listening to this radio program that have gone through loss. And I just pray for your comfort. And again, we have a message of life to give, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who gives us a living hope. So, Lord, we just pray for your comfort for everyone who needs it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're going to break. We'll be right back. If you're waiting uh, on hold, we'll get to your phone calls as soon as we get back from break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado here to take your calls. And we've been uh, having some great conversations. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this really is your show, The Listener. Uh, without you, we have no Calvary Live, uh, 303-690-3000. And I'd uh, love to be able to talk with you and converse with you about the things of the Lord. There is a text uh, line for you to text in a question, and that number is 720-336-0897. But Andrea from Aurora has been waiting patiently. Andrea? Yes, I'm here, Pastor. How are you? How are you doing? Good. What can I do for you? Um, Yeah, just had a question. I noticed you called, you said resurrection services, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, my church, they see Easter, and everybody's saying Easter, and i just never been fully comfortable with that, Um, just because what is... Where does the term come from? And I, I guess I'm trying to understand why everybody's calling it Easter when, like, the word Easter, you look up the etymology in the dictionary, um, it actually stems from Istre. Istre is a, is a goddess. You also have yeah. Ishtar. You have, you have several of these, and it was associated, it was a goddess associated with spring. And so for, when we celebrate Easter, you know, we have, we have the Easter bunny and the eggs and the, and the chicks, and they're all fertility symbols. And we take these things that were used to celebrate pagan gods and goddesses and say, this is unto the Lord. Kind of like when the Israelites took the calf and said, look, this is the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt. And I'm just right. curious, like, how, and, and I've just learned to put up with it, you know? But in the past, we've almost, <laughs> well, I, we've I, almost not gone I, to church on Easter. Just well, Actually, we've skipped on Easter yeah. just to not expose the kids to that. Well, and I think you explained it, that, you know, Easter, unfortunately, even in the early church, had some pagan roots, and you can say that about Christmas as well. Um, right. And then that's why we like to, to use the term Resurrection Sunday. Um, but... Did you know that I believe Easter's in Luke's gospel, the word? Yeah, in the King James. In the King um, James, and it's not used for what we think the word Easter means. I think it's more reference to a Roman holiday. 
um, that yeah. Easter. So again, those references. But I think the main thing, um, Andrea, is to remember that whether somebody uses the term Easter, uh, Resurrection Sunday, what does it mean for you? And for us as Christians, um, you know, we may use that term Easter. It even comes out of my uh, mouth sometimes of Easter weekend um, or yeah. Resurrection weekend. To me, it means the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I know that for many people, it's the Easter bunny, it's fertility, it's, you know, all those things. The same with Christ, with Christmas. There's a lot of those ties there. But for me, I'm going to rejoice and celebrate in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And um, and that's what the message I want to give to people, that Jesus is alive. Because one of the things um, is people are asking what makes Christianity unique, and that is no one else died for you, only Jesus, and no one else rose from the grave. Only Jesus. There's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. So that's the main thrust of the message. And as I've been saying, too, and I'm just saying this to give you some things, because I don't want to change your convictions. I, I don't want to, yeah. um, you know, do that at all. But one of the things is, for me and my convictions, is I, w- I want to bring people to hear the message of the resurrection. And if they say Easter or whatever, okay, I get it. It's resurrection weekend. We're going to celebrate it. I want people to know the message that there's an empty tomb in Jerusalem and there's a living hope that comes through his resurrection. And that's my main focus. It's not going to be just on terminology. And one of the things, my conviction here for Calvary Chapel is I don't like to do Easter egg hunts and things like that. There are some, some churches that do that. If that's what they want to do, that's between them and the Lord. But I don't want to bring that here. I want to keep the message very singular, and very focused on right. the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we talked about that on Sunday in Jesus' triumphal entry, that um, there's a lot of talk today about how do we reach this lost generation. Um, you know, Dennis had called at the beginning of the show. A lot of people haven't heard about the Lord. And the key is, even as Paul came into Corinth, what was his message? His message was, I'm determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's what I want to keep the message here. Um, Christmas, again, there are people that have convictions about because of the pagan roots and Christmas trees and lights and ho, 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 and it's very Uh commercialized. I want to keep the message that Jesus came to this world. And um, what an incredible story, Luke chapter 2, is the coming of, of Jesus and he came for a purpose, and that was to die. And that's the focus that I have this week. And he rose from the grave. And I want to tell as many people as I can. So I don't know if that helps. Um, but, yeah, no, you know, that, yeah. that does help. That does help. Now, how do I, you know, having these convictions, I mean, we've kind of come a long way, because like I said, we, would just, we wouldn't go to church on Christmas or Easter because of the trees and because of the eggs and all the, the stuff, you know. But now we're, we're actually, my husband's leading worship in a church, and it's not a Calvary church. <laughs> That's great. Um, That's great. And so it's like we, now we have to go, and it's, it's hard for us, <laughs> especially because of the children. Our girls are four and five, so they're young. Yeah. And, and they're going to have a pancake breakfast, and every, it's a small church. Everyone's going, so it's like we should definitely go to, like, for fellowship and stuff. But right, right. after that, there's an Easter egg hunt. And, right. and then 
right after that is is service where we're playing, you know. So we're actually going to have to leave, and it, it's it's hard for me as a mom because I partly want I I want my kids to have fun. So part of me wants to be like, oh, I'll just let them participate, but then we're like, no, we got to hold to our convictions. How do right. you? I get it. We, now we have to find something alternative. There's got to be some way for us to celebrate without eggs and bunnies and and then yeah. So how and do we I, celebrate and, I, and yeah, make it fun? And that's that's a challenge for everybody, and everybody's got different convictions. I raised four kids, and yeah, you know, and we always had a little fun with you know the jelly beans and things like that. We never emphasized it. Um, to them, it was fun. Um, to them, it was something different. We, we didn't go to Easter egg hunts, you know, at, at the church or whatever, but um, we always just had a little bit of Easter candy. That's something that you and right. your husband really have to pray about and have a peace about it. And there's, you know, in our liberty uh, in Christ, because I've known kids that uh, have gone to, you know, when they were little, that's one of the things about when you pastor a church for many years, you watch these kids grow up. You know, they went to an Easter egg hunt, and yet they love the Lord. They know what it's about. Yeah. And I think the main yeah. emphasis is keep the message, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And whether you allow a little bit of fun, I, I think they can separate and know the difference and um, not go overboard in all of this. To some people, that's all it is, right? And yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's really what it is in Christmas about ho-ho-ho and snowflakes and Santa Claus and all this. Um, you know, we just emphasize Jesus. And as long as you keep Jesus emphasized, how much of that other stuff you allow, fun or whatever, is really that you guys got to go to the Lord. And um, if you can't do it in faith, then don't do it. And um, that's what I always say. And that's what Paul says when he talks about our liberty in Christ. If you can't do it in faith, then don't do it. And um, and that's something that really is is an answer for you. There are others that they feel fine about it. There's others that I can't do this. I cannot go there with this. And so just, you know, your convictions and the peace that rules in your heart will guide you in that. Right. So then just kind of overlook it, you know, all these other Christians who are doing it. Just, okay, that's Here, nice, you know. Here's the thing, Andrea. I don't want you to say, Oh, Pastor Jeff said it's okay to go ahead and overlook it. I want you to say, okay, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I want you in this liberty to be able to say, you know what? We're okay with it as long as we emphasize or we're not okay with it. We just don't want it. We don't want to bring it into our children's lives. That's something that, that you really have to determine in this whole area. And there are some people that very strongly feel like we're not going to have anything a part of it. There are other Christians that I know that they love the Lord. It's like no big deal. So you got to determine you and your husband, because you're raising your children in the ways of the Lord, where you're going to stand with that. And, um, you know, I could easily say, Oh, it's no big deal. But what if it is a big deal to you? And, um, Mm -hmm. and what if, as you pray about it this week and you're saying, we just don't feel comfortable so that's the wonderful thing about going to the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, they had the Urim and the Thummim. Remember all that? Yeah. They thought it was, they thought it was two stones. And, you, you know, they're not sure exactly what it was in the breastplate of the, the priest. And it may be a white and a uh, black stone, and you white pull and black, out the yeah. white. Yeah, it's yes and the black no. Wouldn't that be great if you could just ask me and I could just pull out something yeah. and say <laughs> yes or no? But 
here's we got something much better, and this is my point yeah. that I'm making. You have the Holy Spirit of God, to, right. and to go to Him, and He'll guide you. And then, as Paul says, what my prayer is is that you have the peace that rules in your heart. And that word "rule," do you know what it means? It literally means no. he he makes the call. It's the same word oh, okay. that you can use for a baseball umpire. And if you don't have a piece about it, then don't do it. But if you're so, okay with just, it, it... How how can you have the same Holy Spirit and you have... I bet you there's been a few people who have prayed about this issue, you know, and like yeah. like maybe I prayed and, and I don't have a piece about it, but other people, oh, I've prayed and the Holy Spirit said it's fine. So, But how is that the same Holy Spirit telling one person it's okay to celebrate God with pagan things, and another person saying the Holy Spirit said it's it's not okay. You know how does it's, how does that help the Holy Spirit? It, this is the way it works. It's all about stumbling. To some people, it doesn't stumble. To some people, it it doesn't. You know, it's like meat offered to idols. Remember, Paul talked about that in, right. in Corinthians. He said, you know, to some, no big deal. We went to the market there in Corinth. We got a good deal on meat. Um, others, it's like, I can't eat this. This was offered to an idol. And so Paul says, listen, um, if somebody puts meat in front of you, eat it. But if they ask you and you tell them it's from the market, don't stumble the weaker brother. And he talks about that in Romans 2, that there are some that have a conviction about worshiping on a certain day. Others esteem every day like you'd be convinced in your own mind. But I think it's a matter right. of stumbling. If it stumbles you and you just you just can't do it in faith, then don't do it. And and that's how the Lord speaks to us. So uh, hopefully okay. that helps. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that helps. Yeah, but yeah. you have well, a great you. res. You have a great resurrection weekend. And Andrea, I am happy to hear that you're in fellowship, that you're serving, that you're going to yeah. be there this weekend. You know, I think right. it's great. <laughs> I really do. And have a, a, just a great day with your family, with your kids, celebrating that Jesus is alive. It's, it's such a wonderful message um, that yeah. we get to rejoice in and then give to others. All right? That's right. That's right. That's, thank you, Pastor. Helps you bet. Okay. You bet. You, all right. Okay. Thanks for calling. Appreciate okay. it. All right. Let's go to line two. Ryan. Ryan, you still there? Ryan? Yes, still here. Yes. Hey, thanks for holding. Hey, thanks for having me. It's an honor to talk to you, Pastor Jeff. I've respected you and think that you're a sincere Christian, and I uh, hope to see you sometime up in Greeley. I'd love uh, to my, meet you. Excuse me? I'd love to meet you. Yeah. Now, I sometimes stutter when I talk. I'll try to get through this. I had a question on uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28 um, with the curses that, that God was going to rain down on Israel if they... Um, if they didn't uh, faithfully um, obey the, all, all of his commandments. Uh-huh. It says, in uh, starting in verse 61, I don't know if you wanted to turn there and read it. Or and I can read Deuteronomy it 28? Yeah, 28, verse 61 to 63. Okay. It says you want me in to my read uh, ESV, every sickness also and every affliction that is now recorded in the book of this law, the Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. Whereas you were as numerous as the stars of heaven, you shall be left few in number, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And as the Lord took delight in doing you good and multiplying you, so the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you. 
Um, now, with that, and it even says it right in there, as whereas you were as numerous as the stars of heaven, the promise to Abraham, I think it was in Genesis 15 or around there, that uh, he promised him his seed to be as the stars of heaven. And then here it's talking about destroying them completely, and that he takes delight in destroying them. And that uh, I'm thinking that he would, if they didn't obey the law, will he, is it that, he'll, that, he, that he will take them all out, but he'll, he'll, he'll at least allow the Messiah to be born. And then according to uh, Galatians uh, 3.29, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. So at least that's how they'll become as the stars of heaven the Christians that are Abraham's offspring, but Israel itself, as it says here in Deuteronomy 28, that he'll destroy them. But or is there a contradiction with his promise to Abraham in this of how he's going to carry out destruction on Israel? Well, yeah, it's pretty rough reading when you read the curses yeah. and the blessings. And, of course, um, that if they did not follow after the Lord, there'd be these consequences and um, he did give that promise to Abraham that your descendants will number the stars in the heaven. And that's what he's talking about. And just as he rejoiced um, there in verse 63, and um, it's a difficult question what you're asking, um, rejoice over blessing them, he goes on and says, so will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to nothing, and you shall be plucked from off the land which you go to possess. I don't think that the Lord is saying there that rejoice like, oh, this really makes me happy. We know that as we compare that to the messages of the prophets coming along from Isaiah, Jeremiah, I was just talking with somebody on the, um, earlier in the show about that it's God's desire that none should perish but come to repentance, Peter writes in his epistle, but also that it was um, Isaiah that wept over these judgments that he was pronouncing as those curses would then come upon the house of Israel, the ten northern tribes, uh, by the Assyrians and then by the Babylonians in mm-hmm. 605 B.C., and I believe that Isaiah was weeping because he really understood the heart of God. And even the message of Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, and Hosea, that um, the Lord is showing him how the Lord hurt because they had committed a spirit, spiritual adultery. Even as Hosea had his wife commit adultery, he, he was understanding the heart of God that he was brokenhearted over their spiritual you know, infidelity. And um, he's going, oh, how can I give you up, O Ephraim? So I don't think that this is, I'm going to destroy you completely and wipe you out where you're no longer a nation, but there would be great devastation and destruction and that he's going to bring it to pass. He's going to keep his word because of their disobedience. But God has always promised, you know, intertwined in all these things, that you have the promises that he would have that remnant uh, that would be there, the promise that he's going to bring someday Israel, you know, to where they're going to be restored, and uh, eventually their eyes are going to be opened. And um, so we we see this, and, and, you know, even as we were talking about on Palm Sunday, uh, that Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the ones who stones the prophets uh, and kills them, how I long to gather you, to myself as a mother hen gathers 
uh, her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing to come. And now your city is left to you desolate. And uh, he talks about that desolation, but he's weeping over it. So I don't know if that helps okay. or even ans- answers your questions. But, yeah, that was, that was uh, a lot of good elaborate information. Um, and then, yeah, I did see that, like around chapter 30, it talks about I'll bring them back. And like he did with the, with the uh, yeah. Babylonian captivity, how he brought them back. But um, then I, I guess with that chapter on, it says he'll take, he'll take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you. Then in Ezekiel, uh, like you said with the prophets, um, 33, verse 11, it says, As I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Right, exactly. So ultimately you see that he doesn't really take pleasure, even though it kind of says that right there in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that'd be a good good study even for me to look at. And But, it's, you know, I take—sometimes people can take a verse like that, and it kind of throws us for a loop when we read it. But I think it's important to compare it with the rest of Scripture in the heart of the Lord. And as I do, even as you pointed out, Ezekiel, it really helps out um, the heart of the Lord. Um, Sometimes people will, you know, God, in his anger, he speaks about being angry at Israel, his anger being aroused, right? And those are difficult verses to read. But we know that the Lord loved his people. They are a special treasure unto him. And those are the verses that we need to bring back into balance, that he did not delight in bringing judgment, as Ezekiel says. Um, and uh, he doesn't delight in bringing judgment. And um, that he's brokenhearted over his people that committed spiritual adultery. But they also, he would bring to pass his word given to him. That was a covenant that he made with them. And they went through tremendous um, difficulty, even as the future says, that in the tribulation period they're going to go through tremendous, um, you know, Jacob's trouble and, and <laughs> tribulation, but he will bring the promise to pass that Jesus said, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they will have their eyes open and receive him, And um, but there will be, it's difficult to, to look at that and see that, the tremendous um, tribulation that they will go through. Uh, even in the future, in what they have been. Um, but, uh, yeah, so good point that you brought out okay. there in Ezekiel. Yeah. Can I just add so, one more thing about that chapter 28 from Deuteronomy? Um, uh-huh. At the, all, like, all, all, all over the Pentateuch, it speaks like this, like in the very first verse of chapter 28, it says, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful, careful to do all of his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. So it talks about continually to always do all that he is, his, all of his commandments. But yet you hear about how the story of the law is to point people to a Savior, to, right. to the Messiah, because they couldn't obviously fulfill the law, they couldn't keep the law. And uh, yeah. But it seems like it always talks about in the law of Moses and the whole Pentateuch, it always says, and do all of his commandments, no matter what. I mean, do them, do them, do them. Not that, yeah. oh, you'll fail. I didn't see in there one time in the Pentateuch where it says, well, you're, well, yeah. you're you know, set up for failure, and it's going to point you to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I think you just brought out a good point. The law says, do, do, do. Grace says, 
he did, he did, he did. <laughs> and he did the work. But, you know, it does, even as Paul points out in Galatians, the purpose of the law was what? To show us that we can't keep it and that we're guilty and that we need the Savior. It's a schoolmaster to point us to the Savior, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, pretty... Okay, but it seems I'm like Moses we're... maybe not had a full handle on that to a degree. Well, well, I don't think the Jews did at all because, you know, even in the early church, you know, when the Gentiles started getting saved, what was the debate? Read Acts chapter 15, you have the debate, should they keep the law of Moses and be circumcised? And it, it Christianity at that point was almost uh, another sect of Judaism, um, but grace was something that they really, that's why Paul, you know, he was a champion of grace and wrote Galatians, and, and it's important for us to understand those epistles because you know, some people even today think that grace, well, it's just an excuse to sin. No, grace means that we're free from sin and we're free to live for him. It doesn't mean that we don't live in holiness or, um, you know, according to God's word. But I'm so glad that I live on this side of the cross than on, you know, before Jesus died in the Old Testament, the law. And, um, you know, yeah. Jesus, okay. you know, Jesus, yeah. And, and and that's the thing. It, it did. The law was not to declare us righteous. It was to declare us guilty. And um, none of us can keep it. And and I'm so thankful. That's why our hope is in Jesus alone. Okay, I'll let you. Thanks for the letter. You know your word very well, and can't can't wait to see you in heaven. But um, I'll see you in Greeley as well sometimes. So thanks for taking my call. I hope I can. I hope I can okay. meet you. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye bye now. All right. God bless you. Let's go to Katie's been waiting. Katie, are you still there? Katie? Katie, did you drop? Okay, Katie, you're going to have to call me, and um, you got a question on prayer and love to answer you. Let's go quickly while we got a couple minutes to John in Colorado Springs. John? Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, just had a question about a uh, a friend of mine. Um, uh, he was a good friend of mine from a long time ago, and uh, we reconnected like on Facebook. Uh, we never really stopped talking, but he went through a difficult time in his life um, where he uh, he went through a divorce and depression, and he wind up uh, attempting suicide and. Um, and the bullet didn't quite um, penetrate through his skull properly where it actually took his life, but uh, he was, you know, uh, he was out conscious for a, a good while, and um, and he's fully recovered, and he's a walking, talking miracle, um, working and everything. It's amazing, amazing testimony of his life uh, and how much God has spared him. Um, after he tried to take his own life. But anyway, uh, prior to that, that happening, um, started dabbling in a bunch of books that, um, that were pertaining to universalism and, uh, you know, everyone's going to be saved in the end and, um, still proclaiming to be a Christian uh, at the same time. And myself at the same time, um, I, I was, I was, urged by the Lord to confront him on a few things about his particular beliefs and these, these, 
um, these Christian, uh, I don't know, sayings that he would, you know, yeah. say to me and, and the things that right. he would, you know, share with other people. And, and I would strongly urge him to not do that. Um, right. And, and, and here's the thing, John, I, we got, we got about a minute and a half and we're going to close. And I just, I, I, I wanted to encourage you because I think it's a blessing that the Lord has brought you back to this friend and right. you keep loving him, but you're being a friend to him because you're giving him truth. Right. And, yeah. And, and that's, that's the main thing I'm really just trying to do. Um, he's, right. he's become belligerent and, you know, and I'm just keep sending him scripture and stuff, you know, and I, you know, like I'm yeah. saying, if someone's walking off a cliff, you know, Am I just going to yeah. whisper it to him or I'm going to like scream at him and say, Hey man, like just, wake up. Like you're going to, you're going <laughs> to die, yeah. you know? And, and, and here's the thing, John, <laughs> and we're, we're going to end and I want to pray for him. Um, and, okay. I, and I don't mean to rush you, but I think you're on the it's right okay. track and you're on the right track and you keep loving him because we really don't, we're not loving people if we're not very gently, you know, even as Paul says, speak the truth in love and let him know, listen, I love you, buddy. I believe the Lord brought me back into your life, and I want to give you truth. And and that is not what the truth is. And there's one only one way to, to have— One thing I wanted to, like, ask quickly was the fact that okay. um, the, the disciples in the, the Scriptures say to not have anything to do with those who preach a false gospel. And, um, and I'm you, trying listen. to only preach the truth to him— but he's yeah, wanting to keep talk preaching. about like you know normal things okay. in life and just hang out and stuff like that. And I'm like, I can't do that. So yeah, just just keep preaching the truth, okay? The Lord will guide you. Hey, thanks everybody for calling. Sorry we didn't get to finish this conversation. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.